The next Bitcoin price target is set at $55,400. And why are gold ETFs hemorrhaging assets under management? Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want the absolute latest analysis and narratives delivered to you daily, make sure you click that follow button. Grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. There is a familiar structure to this week's episodes and we are continuing it today as we're going to start with a Bitcoin recap from the last 24 hours of analysis and news. And then we'll move on to the other stories, which today starts with DN404, another hybrid NFT standard that is rivaling ERC404. A fake Curve Finance app makes it onto the Apple App Store. And why are gold ETFs hemorrhaging assets under management, but Bitcoin ETFs are hitting record volumes? When Bitcoin is moving like it is lately, I think starting an episode with a 24-hour update on narratives and analysis is a great way to begin. So may this continue well past this week. Since yesterday morning, Bitcoin's price has remained reasonably stable. And at the time of recording this, 7am Eastern, we're still north of $52,000. In fact, Cointelegraph Markets data shows that in the past 24 hours, we've seen a low of $51,041 and a high of $52,558. So now Bitcoin has established itself above that threshold of $50,000. What is next? The popular trader Titan of Crypto has shared some analysis on X that sets a target. They wrote, as I've been asked a lot what is next for Bitcoin in the comments, here's my analysis. Both target one and two have been hit, but $50,900 is a strong level. If Bitcoin manages to close a weekly candle above, target three at $55,400 is next. Note that given the extremely bullish momentum, target three has high chance to get hit even before the end of this week. There is no doubt that there is a strong bullish sentiment at the moment, but that can also lead to greed. And in this case, one trader has cautioned over unhinged greed. The trader and analyst Credible Crypto put out a thread with their analysis on the current situation. They wrote on X, At the end of the day, for every major parabolic rise, there is a major crash and vice versa. Adding that, you don't get unhinged greed and euphoria and the vertical price appreciation that comes with it without an equal and opposite reaction when that euphoria peaks. So although we are seeing a lot of bullish momentum right now, a snap correction is certainly on the cards. This was echoed by others in the space, such as Michael Vanderpop, founder and CEO of MN Trading, who called the market already slightly overheated. But look, there's no rain on the parade right now. Everything is going beautifully and that bullish momentum is strong, but we just need to stay cautious as there'll likely be some pullback according to some analysts. On Friday the 9th of February's episode, I explained what ERC404 is and why it's garnering rather a lot of attention. For a full breakdown of that project that launched only last week, listen to that episode, it's the second story on that Friday. But for a quick summary, here you go. The ERC-404 token standard aims to bind ERC-721 NFTs to ERC-20 tokens. ERC-721 are the one-of-one NFTs such as Bored Apes, and ERC-20 tokens are actual tokens such as USDT. This will create what some call fractionalized NFTs. That is, multiple wallets can hold a part of a single NFT. This concept has been around a while and there's been a few attempts of it, but ERC-404 has shown a lot of promise. However, yesterday, Jesse Coughlin covered a direct rival called DN404, which claims to fix the inefficiencies of ERC-404. 
So the Divisible NFT standard, DN404, aims to create a hybrid of ERC20 and ERC721 exactly as the ERC404 token standard does. However, unlike the ERC404 project going under the name Pandora, DN404 isn't a project. The developer is releasing the code open source for any personal project to build hybrid tokens with it. You see, it appears that the reason for the creation of this DN404 is to improve on the execution of ERC404. The pseudonymous developer, Cigar, 0xCYGAAR on X, explained the motivation in a post. It reads, What does DN404 ultimately achieve? Our end goal was to create a token standard that could act as an NFT with native fractionalization built in. This was a unique unlock of ERC-404 that allowed users to trade portions of NFTs without any middleman. So on the question of the distinctions between DN-404 and ERC-404, Cigar wrote, The premise of the ERC-404 was to create a single contract that can act as both a fungible and non-fungible token. However, this can't be done without introducing exploits and breaking standards. Our approach instead uses two contracts a base ERC-20 with a mirror ERC-721. Look, I want to avoid going too deep down the techie rabbit hole here as this podcast is 15 minutes or less. But one question I did have about ERC-404 was how it differs from ERC-1155, which is already a multi-token standard. In fact, I decided to brush up on my knowledge and 1155 actually combines ERC-20 and 721 exactly as DN-404 and ERC-404 does. Luckily, Cigar has spoken on this topic and he said, Some may argue that these hybrid tokens are nothing more than ERC-1155s with extra flair. I argue that having NFTs that can trade on NFT exchanges as well as DEXs is a new unlock and we haven't seen it before. Native fractionalization adds more liquidity to NFT projects. So I guess the question of whether ERC-404 has a rival or not depends on what happens next with the DN-404 code, and that is if it is indeed superior and comparing the code of the two is beyond my pay grade. In theory, if DN-404 is open source, ERC-404 could utilize it themselves. Whatever the case, I'll echo something I've said in previous episodes, and that is I don't think NFTs will look the same this bull market as they did in the last one. I think hybrid token standards are going to be one to watch as NFTs continue to evolve. You'll know by now that when there is a new scam or hack, I like to flag it to you as I think that's an important part of these daily debriefs. And this story is as much of a quick warning as it is news. There is a fake app that is impersonating the decentralized finance protocol Curve and has been listed on the official Apple App Store. Developers warned of this scam yesterday and it is listed on the App Store by MK Technology Co Limited and currently has 4.6 stars out of 5. It says it is a powerful app for managing your borrowers and their loans and it might indeed be powerful but not at all in the way you want. Curve does not currently have an app so if you use Curve do not be fooled. In a couple of recent episodes I've discussed the comparison of the spot Bitcoin ETFs with gold ETFs. I covered the comments from the CEO of Core Scientific, Darren Feinstein, who really convinced me of just how much more the spot Bitcoin ETFs have to offer over gold ETFs. Then this stance was doubled down on by Kathy Wood, the CEO of ARK Invest, who pointed out that Bitcoin is acting as a substitute to gold as a risk-off asset. Gold and Bitcoin have had an unusual relationship over the years. They have been inversely correlated, where one goes up and the other goes down, and then analysis from the last year by Fidelity showed that Bitcoin's correlation with gold has increased. 
However, it's only since January that the average American investor could choose between a gold ETF and a spot Bitcoin ETF, and this is fast becoming a fascinating narrative. Yesterday, Bloomberg's ETF analyst and regular of this show, Eric Balkanas, posted on X to show that the 14 leading gold ETFs are absolutely gushing assets under management. So far in 2024, the top 14 gold ETFs have seen $2.4 billion in outflows, and the biggest outflows came from BlackRock's iShares Gold Trust Micro and iShares Gold Trust, with 230.4 million and 423.6 million exiting respectively. Conversely, as is well-covered ground on this podcast at this point, the spot Bitcoin ETFs have been seeing the opposite situation, with aggregate inflows of $3.89 billion since the 11th of January. The portfolio manager Bitcoin Munger wrote on X, Not only is Bitcoin sucking up funds, but gold is hemorrhaging assets under management at an alarming rate across many ETFs. Although it's easy to chalk up the correlation between the exits from gold ETFs and the entry into spot Bitcoin ETFs as causation, it isn't the whole story. Balkan has said that it's not necessarily the mass migration from one to the other, but rather the US equity FOMO. Nevertheless, the divergence in performance between Bitcoin and gold is striking. The price of gold has been falling so far in 2024, losing 3.4% in a month and a half. Meanwhile, Bitcoin has seen an increase of 23.5% in the same period. It is a slightly gerrymandered timeline, but as it stands, Cathy Wood's statement that Bitcoin is being substituted for gold and it's a trend that is going to continue looks to be a pretty strong prediction. Right, that is you mostly caught up. There was only one other story I wanted to mention, but it didn't really have enough meat on the bones to warrant an entire segment. A bankruptcy judge has given the green light for Genesis to liquidate roughly $1.3 billion worth of grayscale Bitcoin trust shares. That is the beginning, middle and end of that story, but it could mean we see more grayscale outflows. Okay, that really is it for today. Consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.